Hi, this is Tony at Cover Magazine. I'm speaking to Brian McLaughlin. Brian is the Managing Director and Head of Africa at Cyber, Cyborg Intel. Uh, Brian, thank you very much for chatting to me this morning. Thanks to you, Tony. And uh, Brian, thanks for sharing me a video just before, just, just to see that you're not a cyborg <laughs> um, and I'm not talking to an AI machine. Not that it would matter, I suppose, but um, yeah, now I know I'm talking to a human who has proven to the robots that you are human. Um, AI, Brian, has become a bit more real with people, um, with sort of tools that people can play with in their own lives around AI, um, probably chat, GPT, um, the most talked about at the moment, but there are a whole bunch of others that are very user-friendly and applicable applicable to most people. Interesting thing mm -hmm. is that with chat GPT, it's open source, so other people can actually change it, etc. So that seems to me that it will become a lot more prominent in our environment. And talking about financial services, maybe you can just give us a bit of background as to how this um, development in AI, because it seems to be exponential, how will this um, affect the financial services landscape? Um, Tony, I'll, I'll just mention a figure, and, and um, I'm quoting from a McKinsey report that suggests that um, there's about $1 trillion of value just in banks around the world um, that can be easily sourced through AI. Um, so, artificial intelligence is already used quite extensively behind the scenes. I think some of the examples you mentioned are things that the average consumer will see. Um, but behind the scenes, there's a lot more going on, um, particularly with insurers, lenders, and banks. Um, maybe to touch on how AI has already been used. Um, Typically, artificial intelligence is used by insurers, banks, and lenders to um, do one of two things. Normally, it's to predict something. Um, so, for example, predicting um, whether somebody is likely to be um, fraudulent, predicting whether an application is likely to be fraudulent, predicting whether somebody is likely to buy a product or likely to um, stop buying a product or stop paying, um, you know, th those kind of predictive um, uh, applications. And then the second is classification. So typically what classification is, is you, you could have, for example, millions of transactions being done by a bank and you would classify one transaction, for example, as likely to be fraudulent. Um, so these kind of use cases are already um, utilized um, extensively um, to the point where I would say if uh, insurers, lenders, or banks are not extensively using AI, um, they're going to be left behind pretty quickly. So um, obviously now, as, as you said, it's being used already. We sort of seeing it now for the first time as consumers, really firsthand with a few sort of tools that we use and so on, but it has been um, developing very strongly in the background. It's already been used for quite a while. 
etc. Um, so how can financial services companies then turn sort of obstacles um, to wider deployment? In other words, um, making use of it a lot more and implementing it a lot more. How can you yeah. turn that, those sort of obstacles that they are in terms of skills, in terms of development costs, et cetera, into opportunities? Um, Tony, we've identified five key challenges um, to adopting AI, um, particularly in insurance and financial services. Um, the first is, is one of talent, as you mentioned now. Um, there's not millions of highly qualified people walking around. Data scientists, um, actuaries, these type of resources tend to be quite expensive. Um, the second is time that historically AI projects have taken to um, deploy, um, sometimes as long as uh, six or nine months or longer. Um, the third is one of trust. Um, if you can't trust or, or, or you don't understand, it's very difficult to trust something you don't fully understand. So if you don't fully understand what is happening, what the AI is actually doing in your business, it's very difficult to trust it. Um, the next is, is risk. How can you be sure that your model is always working as it should and there's not some kind of um, drift in performance of the model or of your data and your model starts to fail and you don't pick it up um, quick enough. And then the last is one of governance. You know, there are a lot of ethical questions. There are a lot of, um, of risks that need to be monitored and managed in any business. Um, and, you know, as you know, most especially insurers have many stakeholders. You've got customers, regulators, et cetera. That um, and and internal uh, shareholders and and internal stakeholders uh, that you need to um, basically keep keep on sides and yeah. and help me explain what's going on. So those are the challenges. Um, we have been started to address all of these challenges. Um, so our technology is is what we call new age AI technology. We launched just before COVID fortunately and unfortunately. Um, unfortunately, because um, the, the rollout of what we do was was delayed, but fortunately because the team spent, you know, two years really, um, we went live with a minimum viable product uh, in 2019. We have something really, really robust now that the team spent two years working on. And essentially we address all of these. So, um, we enable AI projects, you know, the, the timelines to reduce from somewhere around three to six months or longer down to anything from one to four weeks. Um, we automate the entire uh, data science process from, um, from, from pulling the data together into the correct formats, which is called data prep, um, building the models, deploying the models, uh, risk managing the models real time on an ongoing basis. Um, so we automate that entire process, um, which then brings us to cost. You know, obviously, if you've got a team of data scientists working on something for three or six months, it becomes quite expensive. Mm -hmm. um, if they're working for a couple of days, it's not that expensive. And then everything we do is fully explainable. 
So what, what does that mean? It means if a decision gets made using an, a model developed um, using this AI. So I'll, I'll give an example. You um, decline somebody for insurance, for example. Um, you can't really say to a customer you decline because the AI machine told us so. You know, that, that, that doesn't really cut it. You, you need to be able to explain exactly why. So every decision that would get made using one of our models or every outcome would be fully explainable real time. Um, so hmm. essentially we we address all of these these challenges for deploying AI. So, so using a service like your own and the tools that you use, is it then possible to get a quicker return on investment than it has been in the past? Or is it something yeah. that one can sort of look at executable in a reasonable time? Um, I would say to anyone listening involved in an AI project that if your AI project is going to take longer than a month, you're probably doing it wrong. And I'm talking about from data preparation to deployment. Um, if you're being quoted in the millions, you probably could do it in a different way. Um, you know, the, the, these are all challenges that are now addressed and and have been dealt with. Uh, typically, our projects generate an ROI within the first month. Um, we have had projects that have delivered. Uh, I'll, I'll mention one specific one where we were given the go ahead on a Thursday. We went live in the company's live systems on Monday and they had an ROI by the Friday. So just over a week, they had a positive ROI mm. on their investment. So things have changed really, really quickly uh, since COVID. And these kind of technologies are available now. Wow. So, so I mean, that means if I was to ask you the question, what will the future of AI in financial services look like? It seems like it will be a very fast evolving environment. It's it's already very fast and evolving. Um, you know, as I said, if if I hear somebody talking about a project that's taking them six or nine months, um, you know, I just think they're using um, what we call old fashioned, maybe three or five year old technology. Um, you know, with, with new generation technologies, that shouldn't happen. Um, you know, projects and and of course every project is different. Um, some are very quick and easy, and some are much more complex and take longer. But as a general rule, you should be able to get a very quick ROI as an insurance company, bank, or lender from your AI, your AI projects. Um, I'm personally very excited about that. Um, I think um, the the there are some fears around AI, um, obviously, but I think in general from a business perspective, especially the fact that it would be more accessible also to smaller businesses is probably going to um, see quite a transformation about how efficient and effective we can provide services to clients. So, Brian, I'm sure that we will be chatting to you quite a bit in the future to yeah. um, try and understand how this landscape is evolving. Yeah, Tony, it's probably worth mentioning that um, AI technologies as they existed, you know, a few years ago um, was really out of the realm of a smaller 
financial services company. Um, and now with this new generation technology, both in terms of cost, time and skills, um, you know, it's, it really is accessible. Some of our clients are quite small and they never would have thought they could have used this kind of technology in their business and they're busy yeah. transforming their businesses. So, you know, the cost and the complexity has dramatically reduced for businesses. That's fantastic. Brian, thank you so much. And um, I look forward to chatting to you again in the near future. Great. Thanks, Tony.